1: kids... Kids, pets, and other wildlife sounds from invading our respect.
0: Night four of five, night
1: 3,000.
0: Night three of of the the Republican hellscape.
1: uh, Yes, and night three of fuck that guy week, and we have pretty much the best guests ever. Mary Trump.
0: We do indeed. And folks, don't you worry a bit. We've got some excellent fuck that guy action for you (laughs) later this evening. I mean... Weapons fucking grade. You will enjoy it. It will not be over quickly. What did you guys think tonight? I have to be honest, and I think it was deliberate. It was sort of this flat affect the whole night. And... Sort of strangely, almost a little defensive feeling.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was incredibly boring, but I agree. Was with, my hot, take it was. Too. You know, I, I agree with you, Rick, that it was. I think it was deliberate, and as hard as it is for me to believe, I think it might have been a bit of course correcting. But what worried me about it is that I think it made their message their completely fictitious and mendacious message, more effective.
0: I think you're right. I mean, there, there was a certain degree tonight of, and it was very much this sort of vomited out of a focus group. Like right. very mm-hmm. m- talking to suburban, the the suburban Republican women that they've lost. It seemed like a lot of it was devoted to trying to say to them, hey, we're not as crazy as you think.
2: Right. Well, we're, wasn't a, a majority of the
0: speakers women tonight? Probably. Yeah, I think that's probably a good bet. The thing I'm always
2: struck by,
1: I mean, I guess, right, night one was like this insane Ava Perone sort of <laughs> like, banana republic show right like you expected them all to like pull off their clothes and like be in ice skating outfits doing the cha-cha you know right and then she's screaming and gesticulating like madness i actually wasn't expecting that but okay it was like it was like you know it was like the producers and then night two was like a sort of retraction right and it was like tiffany and eric trying to convince you that their dad loves them but night three was like this weird kind of heritage foundation pantomime of what a normal republican party would look like
0: yeah i think there was a lot of trying to fake it till you make it tonight with the the old gop but the fact that you brought up the producers all i could think of was springtime for for donald Donald and germany (laughs) (laughs) Winter for Mike pence, pence, it's, it's true. true. But that speech by Kimberly Guilfoyle,
1: like, you could definitely see her, like, taking off her hat and, like, things exploding off the stage,
2: you know? Oh,
0: <laughs> 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 The
2: feather boas, right?
0: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it just and then the, the floor opens up and she does a dive into a pool. I'm exactly. like Esther Reese. Williams or Esther Merman or whatever the yeah. hell she was.
2: <laughs> Esther Merman. But the thing that was most disturbing about her speech Apple. is that it was recorded.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> wow. This whole week, this whole week, it's like that's the best take you got. Yeah, You've got a million-dollar crew there with every camera in the world, the lights, the makeup, everything's perfect, and you – what, did you only do one take? You don't do one for a safety at least? I mean, come (laughs) on. It's just so – I
1: mean, but it was interesting. I mean, there's so much bullshit at all of these. And tonight, Mike Pence, like the line, you won't be safe in Biden's America. That's what Pence said. Pence is the head of the coronavirus task force. 180,000 people have died of coronavirus. And he's saying you won't be safe in Biden's America.
2: The same thing about the economy. Biden and Obama presided over the slowest economic recovery. Right. But we're doing great now. Like we, we what, 100, a million jobs last month, leaving aside the fact that we've lost 40 million, you know.
0: They promised at the beginning of this campaign, oh, this is gonna be uplift. This is gonna be, we're gonna show the optimistic Donald Trump and the, the future is gonna be bright and shiny and, and gorgeous. And it's turned into this, you know, apocalyptic, every other speech is like, and unless you vote for Donald Trump, the Marxists will be here like Mad Max, ravaging your neighborhood motorcycles all up and down your streets it's going to be a terrible
1: <laughs> <laughs> well it's all they've got right uh, it's true
0: culture wars the last it's their Alamo as my friend Reed Galen calls it
1: it's interesting to me that we're in this like strange world of like the president's family and then a few people who aren't brave enough to say no to him joni ernst must know this is not a smart move for her
2: i'm not sure she's she seems not terribly intelligent to me <laughs> No, seriously. Like, who can say with a straight face that anybody is going to take our cars and our farms away from us?
0: I mean. Well, you know, and and obviously the the bigger threat than COVID, of course, is cancel culture. I mean, because, I mean, good Lord. I mean, nothing could be more deadly than cancel culture. It wouldn't kill 170,000 people or anything. I mean, good Lord.
1: But also, Biden wants to regulate puddles, is what Joni Ernst said. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Joni should have stuck to her old line about castrating hogs. <laughs> yep. Because let me tell you something her whole campaign predicate and her ads were very slick. I know the guys that did them. She played this folksy country badass, former army, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I know about. I used to castrate hogs. I'll get to Washington and. Da-da-da. Well, she's gotten to Washington and she's basically carried water for Donald Trump like a champ. <laughs> yep. There hasn't been any, any hog cutting of any hog genitalia or any other thing <laughs> since she got there. Tonight, Joni Ernst just sat there and, with a straight Trumpian style face, told not just lies, not just like political exaggeration or rhetorical flourishes. It was flat out. Bullshit. Yeah, and there's no penalty for it in our political culture anymore. And that's and that's Donald. I mean, he has given them permission to go forth and lie with dispatch.
1: I thought those were CPAC level lies, like not RNC level lies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh no, Mary! <laughs> sorry, sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. That's Molly's fault. You promised not to let our creatures encroach. <laughs> <laughs> you failed.
1: Mary, what do you think about Mike Pence? Like, how can anyone love Donald Trump that much? Their relationship must be some kind of, I mean, what do you, what's the, like, psychological?
2: I don't even think they have a relationship. Pence sucks up to Donald and Donald lets him. (laughs) Like, that's their relationship. Uh, Because Pence is a total drip. And (laughs) his only value to Donald is that he sucks up to him. He is, to me, sort of the embodiment of everything that's wrong with white evangelicals in this country, and the problem with allowing the erosion of the division between church and state that is supposed to exist and is enshrined in the Constitution. You know, it's one of the big reasons we're, we're where we are.
1: There were was a school of thought of people who believed that Trump would dump Pence for like a Nikki Haley. Yeah, it still might happen, though. <laughs>
0: let's see how bad the next couple of weeks suck do you right. think
1: so but he can't do that now can he
2: why cuz the uh posters have been printed
0: <laughs> yeah there are rules now about about who the nominee is although there is there is in the rnc rules a contingency for if the guy gets hit by a bus, or you know, loses his mind, or something. But it's a difficult, it's a difficult enterprise. Although I think Donald would be tempted by it, don't you, Mary? Because it's like a reality TV play. It's totally. one of those things. Like, yes, yeah. It'll cut, It'll be dramatic. The ratings will be huge.
2: Right, and he'd think that he'd be. One up being the Democrats, although I'm not entirely sure how. And do we seriously think that Mike Pence could not be convinced to step down of his own accord?
1: Like, people think that Mike Pence has something on Trump or that.
2: Please.
1: No, right?
0: No. It's it's just that
1: he's just a sycophant.
0: Look, you could present photographs of Donald Trump in a Moscow hotel room with a pair of highly trained, specialized. I'm worried. (laughs) specialized Russian sex workers who who employed drop cloths, tarps, and a series of sluices and pipes for the specific speciality of their show. And Mike Pence would say, Well that's interesting plumbing they have over there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean the guy the guy the guy he he's one of those guys where you want there to be like a Jerry Falwell secret to him, but the dull truth is it's probably not. He just is that like paint drying hypocrite.
2: Yeah. I think you're
0: right. Mike Pence after dark. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Here's a question for the panel, though. If Pence got replaced, is it Ivanka or Nikki Haley? Oh, Nikki Haley. It's Nikki yeah. Haley. Yeah. Vice President and President can't be from the same state in the Constitution. So Trump lives in Florida now, so she could do it no matter if she lives in D.C. or New York. But I think Nikki Haley would be more likely in some weird in some weird ways, because being VP would actually give Ivanka even, like, a tiny bit of agency.
1: I don't know. What do you think, Mary? You know the psychology here a lot. <laughs> do you think Trump would ever give—would ever elevate Ivanka like that?
2: No. Well, first of all, I think it's—it's um, it's too soon for her. Right. And she does not play to the base in the same way somebody like Donnie does, for example. Yeah. Or—and Nikki as. Despicable as Ivanka is, you know, she's still not, she's still a little too measured and reluctant to go all the way with the insanity. Right. Because I guess she's protecting her brand in the event that she has to go back to New York, (laughs) which is hysterical. Um, Nikki Haley has shown herself completely willing to go all in. Plus, mm-hmm. she's a woman of color. And right now, uh, Donald certainly and other people believe that, that voters are just that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you know, well, one woman of color is the same as anyone. Yeah. They all look yeah. the
0: same to Donald. Yeah. They
2: exactly. So, well, it's true. It's a
1: weird conundrum. I do think, do you think any one of those speakers really like moved the needle one way or the other tonight, though, for an undecided vote? I mean, it seems insane to me.
0: There are undecided voters. It's a smaller pool than usual. But remember what else the other thing Donald's trying to do, he's trying to get to low propensity voters who didn't even vote in sixteen. They're looking for non college white men and women in the rural and exurban areas because that's why this whole thing is culture war, culture war, culture war. That's it's cancel culture, it's fox, it's it's you know, all the dangers lurking in the Working in the wild against you.
1: Like, I always feel like the last three nights, there were some speakers where I thought, tonight there was a guy who was very elderly, who was a sports coach. I don't know much about
0: sports. That was Lou Holtz. Oh, my okay.
1: God. I don't know. Is that someone famous?
0: Yes. There was a period of time when Lou Holtz was one of the most famous people in America. Now he is a <laughs> cranky old fart.
1: He did not seem like he totally knew where he was.
0: I I don't think Lou has known where he was since the mid-90s when he was the coach of Notre Dame.
1: Like, there is that North Korean style kind of like, and that is why we love Dear Leader.
0: Uh, And honestly, as I said yesterday, I think there are parts of this where the North Koreans would be like, ooh, ease back, Donald. That's a bit much. (laughs) It's a a bit much. (laughs) I mean, the only thing they haven't done, I mean, I guess because of COVID, they haven't had like a giant stadium full of people with flashcards to do
1: displays. That's true. But the... The denial to me is like kind of striking.
0: The cancel culture is more important than the than the pandemic, yeah
2: no, that that seriously, it was as if we were still in 2019, and none of this had happened. It was really mm-hmm. just excruciating,
0: you know, I think we all commented on Rich Grinnell tonight, who, as well as being the former uh, acting temporary provisional sort of five minutes uh, director of National intelligence, is now also in the Trumpian Liars Olympics. I mean, Mary, what did you think of that performance tonight by that guy?
2: It was the worst, most damaging performance of the evening, if not of the entire convention. Because the things he was lying about with a straight face, everything he said was a lie. And because Americans know nothing about foreign policy, you know, they figured this was the former director of national intelligence. He knows what he's talking about. Nobody knows. Probably, or very few people know, as Tara Stepmeyer reminded me, that he was not Senate approved because he would never have been able to get Senate approved. Correct. Because he's so unqualified and incompetent. I think, Rick, you said that he was like a professional troll back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the lies he told about how Obama. And Biden spied, and how the Russia hoax and the the Democrats' evidence, quote unquote evidence uh, about uh, Russian interference, made him sick to his stomach because it was such a lie. Meanwhile, the Rubio report comes mm-hmm. out saying exactly the opposite. In addition to Mueller, you know that's the kind of stuff they're going to keep resurrecting. You know, it sort of also exemplified the thing I found most troubling about the entire evening. Everybody. Lied through their teeth, knew they were lying, yeah, and felt perfectly comfortable doing it. It's it's, it's, there aren't words to describe. Oh, it's pernicious. Yeah, it's pernicious. Yeah, that's the word.
1: What did Rick Garnell do before he became like this CIA head of internet shopping?
0: He was a press guy in the Pentagon for a while. I I ran into him over the years a few times, and and I, I always thought he was kind of a funny troll. I mean he he was kind of a witty, you know, right-wing troll and he wasn't uh, particularly ideological. You know, he was just one of the one of those dude one of those bros in Washington, but now he is, you know, bought in so thoroughly to the Trump situation that, you know, he is He will go down in infamy, I think, for a lot of this stuff. And he's going to be a big part. I keep telling people this. He's going to be a big part of the October surprise. They're going to trot him out and say, well, he was the director of national intelligence. He knows exactly what's going on.
1: Do you think the radical leftist talk is actually because Republicans are preparing for QAnon to sort of make a parallel there?
2: As with most of what they do, it's projection. Because the truth of the matter is that the Republican Party, as it's currently constituted, is incredibly radical. And yeah. the Democratic Party is lucky if it's a little bit left of center, you know? <laughs> um, so true. radical leftists have no place in the mainstream Democratic Party. Right. You know, so. True. Um, and that's been the case for a long time, so.
0: I've, I've always said if Barack Obama was really, truly a socialist Kenyan Muslim sleeper agent, he was terrible at his job.
2: Also, like <laughs> Barack Obama would have been a Republican 40 years ago. Yeah. Sure. No,
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know? Mary, exactly. that, that, that's – the Obama folks have said it before. He won in 2008 in part because to a lot of suburban Republicans, he looked like one of them. Exactly. He was meritocracy guy. He was – Mm-hmm. Calm of affect. He wasn't yep. out there screaming to seize the means of production from the from the oligarchs. It was just you know. And also, secondary. he was
2: he was anti marriage equality. You know, he had some. Uh, and he was he still believed in bipartisanship because
0: I, I was pro gay marriage before Barack Obama.
2: Oh, wow! <laughs> You're the radical. <laughs> uh, 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 truth. <laughs>
0: What's the best mattress for you? Well, if you're an egg or a kitten, check out the competition. But if you're a human person, put your body on a Nectar mattress. As well as award-winning layers of comfort, you can sleep easy knowing you got incredible value. Mattresses start at just $499, and you get hundreds of dollars in accessories thrown in, as well as a 365-night home trial and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com. The New Abnormal is going to release a limited run series of bonus interviews over the next few weeks. Starting in August, we'll release a new one each Sunday. But listen carefully, only Beast Inside members will have access to these. So head over to newabnormal.thedailybeast.com to join now. Your Beast Inside membership helps support the great reporting at The Beast and podcasts like The New Abnormal. Thanks. Well, folks, it's that time again, as it will be every night this week, for our special Fuck That Guy Week. Tonight we have some spectacular Fuck That Guy content, including a selection from Mary Trump, a selection from my co-host Molly Jong-Fast, and I'll be bringing the heat in the follow-up. So let's go with you first, Molly Jong-Fast. Who is your Fuck That Guy? So
1: I have long hated Tucker Carlson, and he has also long hated me. I have long hated him for his misogyny and his racism and Tucker Carlson's white power hour. Tonight, there was this vigilante who killed two people who were protesting in Wisconsin after this, you know, an unarmed African-American man who was getting into the car with his children was shot seven times in the back and is now going to be paralyzed forever. It's been in surgery and is very this vigilante who was 17 years old, crossed state lines, bought an AR-15, is that what what it's called right? yes, it, oh, yes it's called the an AR- AR-15 15 and murdered two people and so instead of reporting this as a normal person might Tucker Carlson he said well what was the guy going to do the police aren't doing their job so he was basically saying that it's okay it wasn't basically he was saying that it's okay to murder people and it's okay to murder protesters we got your back white nationalists and anyone who knows about Tucker knows that Tucker speaks a lot of white nationalists speak in a primetime hour in a way that's made to sound a little less white nationalist, but he really is like the biggest white nationalist on Fox. And it's so dangerous and this is Lachlan Murdoch's fault. Like if because mm-hmm. now Tucker doesn't oh, yeah. have advertisers anymore. It is really this is Lachlan and Rupert Murdoch are keeping this man on air and people yep. are going to die. They And we understand that he's making you money and getting you whatever ratings. These people have to look at themselves in the mirror and ask, is it worth it? Oh, and it is for them. That's
2: the problem. And. One of the great ironies, it's certainly not the most important one, but the truth of the matter is the cops weren't doing their jobs because the guy who murdered the two peaceful protesters was let go by the cops. Right. (laughs) They didn't even stop him. But Tucker
1: Carlson is like, fuck that guy, take him off the air, it's time to stop the madness. People are gonna die if they haven't already. Like it's not just rhetoric, it's really human lives.
0: Yeah, I've been seeing like the like the mentions of it. I haven't had thirty seconds today to watch the watch the tape or anything. But Tucker has poked his nose into these things far too many times for anything to ever be a coincidence with him.
1: Yeah. All okay, right. Now we have our special guest, Mary Trump, our by the way, the favorite guest of this podcast <laughs> ever. Um, And she's going to tell us her fuck that guy. Mary, who is your fuck that guy?
2: Well, first of all, I thought the favorite guest was my bird, Sebastian. um, (laughs) Anyway. And the cat together. Yes, uh, Lyndon. My fuck that guy is whoever was responsible for putting that nun in the position she was put in this evening to be at a political convention as a person of faith, which was utterly inappropriate and... It never should have been allowed to happen, so fuck whoever that was. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Stephen Miller.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you turn over a greasy rock and Stephen Miller's going to be there. you never but, be surprised by that.
1: But that nun did seem like a character out of a horror movie.
2: Yes. Although I saw on Twitter, somebody's like, what is Mike Pence doing there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rick Wilson, who is your fuck that guy?
0: My fuck that guy tonight is Donald John Trump, President (laughs) of the United States. My reason for that this evening is that as we are recording this at 1246 a.m., a 150-mile-an-hour Hurricane mm. is crashing into southern Louisiana and East Texas. It is going to cause untold devastation. It is going to cause flooding. It is going to cause deaths. Um, and this hurricane is now then predicted to go up to, to about Arkansas, take a right and drive through D.C.
1: Oh, is it?
0: Yes, it's going to take really? a big ol' It's going to do a big old L. It's cr- crazy, wow, crazy. But the reason Donald Trump gets the fuck that guy is that in this last year they have been robbing FEMA emergency oh, yeah. disaster relief funds oh, to build yeah. his stupid fucking freedom fence oh yeah right. freedom fence and yeah, so right. so FEMA FEMA's short now they're going to come into this crisis short 200 plus million dollars just in the last few months that was stolen to use for building the, the scam wall and and furthermore, fuck Donald Trump because this is a guy who, if you're a president and you see a Cat 4, Cat 5 hurricane coming at a place where we know does not function well when Cat 4, Cat 5 hurricanes come ashore. Right.
1: And, has n- and rarely has them.
0: Right, Uh, right, yeah, I mean, call me crazy, but you know, we had one called Katrina. That name, you might have heard of it. This administration has been as lackadaisical as it always is about every other goddamn thing, and no sharpie is going to erase the damage this storm does.
2: Yeah, you know, that's money stolen from FEMA that may not have been needed if Bannon hadn't stolen it from the (laughs) GoFundMe.
0: On that note, we'll wrap up this episode of The New Abnormal from The Daily Beast. In future episodes, we'll be talking with smart folks from The Daily Beast and beyond from media, culture, politics, and science who will help us understand what's happening to our country